Cheering at pro wrestling shows in Japan is back, and 2023 is already shaping up to be a big year in the history of pro res. That's why you should listen to the Emerald Flow Show. From the Royal Road to the Green Mat, Paul and Gerard take you into the world of All Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling NOAA. Not only do we analyze events, but we examine business, who is getting over, what angles are working, or not. Occasionally, we take a look at other Japanese promotions like DDT and Zero One. So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, available on all of your favorite podcast apps. I'm glad we use that logo for something. Uh, 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 uh. Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A game. Amen, no way. From the track when we unite and spit, this isn't A game, better bring your A game. Hey now, it's the Mike and JD show, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? It's Friday night. I hung out with the family. We had a half day at school. I had no football game. Got in a wedding tomorrow. Gonna get up, watch Ooh. the kid play soccer. I'm in a great mood. I'm exhausted, but I'm in a great mood. Yeah, man, I'm in a great mood, too. Uh, so yeah, as you guys have noticed, we are not on Thursday tonight. We're on Friday this week. I had to push it back a day because uh, yesterday was my daughter's fifth birthday. Um, we birthday. actually thank you. We actually had her party this past Saturday. And so I um, was assuming that maybe this to yesterday would have been a normal day. We had no plans. And um, but at the last minute, we decided that we would actually take my daughter out to do something after I got off of work. And so the original plan was to do ice cream. And uh, we ended up, um, she, she, we, uh, on her way home from school, they drove past the bowling alley. And so my daughter was like, I want to go bowling. I'm like, I've never heard her say that before. <laughs> so I was like, well, so I took, we took her bowling and it was a lot of fun. If the kid expressed interest, especially when it comes to their birthday, you got to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because I think the original idea was to go to downtown Honolulu at rush hour. Ooh. Not a good thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> traffic is brutal, man. Yeah, traffic. Oh, is yeah, Honolulu traffic. I I've never done that before. Dude. I did. I must have at one point, but I don't because I've been to Honolulu. But I just don't remember what traffic there was like. So I'll take your there's word only, for it. There's only two main highways that go in that kind of go up and down like our side of Oahu, and during rush hour, it gets really congested really badly. Yeah, the worst traffic. I went to Orlando this year. I think I told you about that. The Atlanta traffic was just god fucking awful. Uh, yeah, the I, Atlanta traffic was just god yeah. awful. Sorry, that went over like a lead balloon, though. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I thought there was gonna be follow up. My <laughs> no, no, no yeah. follow up. Yeah, just bad traffic. Yeah, you know, I've never, I've never been to either city other than I've been to the Atlanta airport several times, but I've never actually been to the city of Atlanta. So um, I just have to take your word for that. It's fine. It's a city. Yeah, but hey, man, dude, so we talked earlier this week, I think it was on Tuesday, and you texted me, you were like, what the hell are we going to talk about I'm, this week? And the, I was like, dude, I was thinking answered. the same thing. Yeah, the God well, said, here, here's a bunch of stuff. Take a day, we'll throw more at you, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the CM Punk stuff had kind of dominated our show for a long time, Yeah, and, and now that he's gone, you know... It's been kind of tough to come up with things to talk about, but uh, you know, as we're as we because we took an extra day, 
Um, we had the observer. So thank you, Dave, for um, helping to uh, get some notes for our show. And then my cousin, Joe, a uh, stat nerd, Joe actually hooked me up with some stuff that we're going to talk about today about AEW's attendance. Um, yeah, 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 pretty tough. But I, I want to start the show off with the, the, I think the biggest story and one of the biggest stories in the history of wrestling. Well, I'm like, we already know that the WWE and the UFC were merging. Well, it became official earlier this week that WWE and the UFC have merged. They are now under one company called TKO with uh, Ari Emanuel as kind of the head honcho of that company. Um, there's a new command structure. Vince McMahon is no longer the top dog. He has a boss to answer to. Not that he'll ever answer to him, but he does have a boss to answer to. I think Ari will likely, very likely treat Vince much like he treats Dana White. Mm -hmm. And Dana White does damn near whatever he wants. Um, good and bad. Like he kind of gets away with a lot. So I, I don't really see like Vince asking Ari for permission, but with, with a big merger like this, and this happens with every major company ever, it happened to my wife's company. Like, uh, she, they, they kind of did like a hostile takeover of the company that she worked for. And then because they had so many duplicate employees now, whenever they merged, they just started cutting a large portion of the workforce and a lot of people had no job, man. And that kind of happened today. I think we saw over a hundred um, office and personnel cuts, uh, no talent, but office personnel. My wife has been through two um, mergers and acquisitions. We'll call them uh, mergers and executions, if you will. Like <laughs> yeah. she survived both of them. So she actually has been technically working for the same company for almost 20 years now, but it's gone under like four or five different chain, like major regime changes. So this happens. I mean, like realistically, those people were redundant because Endeavor, right? Because Endeavor, they spun like this TKO spun off of Endeavor, right? Yeah. So all these people that Endeavor had, had employed previously outranked the people that were in WWE and like they're gone now. And, um, I don't know. It sucks, but corporate America, man, it's what it is. Yeah. And I, you know, and I was like preparing for it and I know people thought I was being pretty insensitive, but well, I, I could see, I could see on, yeah, I could see on Twitter. Like I knew it was coming where like, like uh Sean Ross Sapp or PW insider would report that some person that you've never heard of in a department you knew you never knew existed got released. And then there's people on Twitter crying outrage um, saying, oh, what you know, maybe AEW should hire this person. They're great at their job. I'm like, brother, you don't even know what they did. Right. Like, you don't even know what the name, like what that section even does over there. No, and like every time someone gets released from WWE, there's a bunch of people going, oh, Tony needs to hire this person. And it's like, yeah. does he really? I mean, like if WWE didn't feel like they were necessary anymore, does the other company have to bring them in? And just because you work for the one wrestling company doesn't necessarily mean you got to work for the other. Like there are other people who have had other jobs that can work in wrestling right wrestling isn't yeah. that much of a a new thing like it's just there's it, a lot of weird takes going around like it's like i said sucks to lose your job um and our in our voices of wrestling slack group mike spears uh, he of the uh open the Vo open the voice gate podcast best podcast for dragon gate if you like dragon gate stuff is that where they talk about a lot of mlw stars like uh shun skywalker i hate your guts with <laughs> the white hot fire of a thousand suns <laughs> Go to the <laughs> furthest depths of hell. I know there's a lot of volcanoes by you, so jump in one. Yeah. Um, as I was saying, Mike made a good point. The only people worth bringing, and I like this actually, the only people who might be worth bringing in are their PR people. Because let's yeah. be real, WWE PR freaking rules. 
Tremendous, they do an amazing yeah. job. They are so good. And Vince has had decades of experience at training people to eat out of his hands. And the mainstream fought him for decades. But, I mean, he waited them all out to the point now where, you know, the lapdogs can't wait to just eat off Vince's tit. Oh, what do we got? Oh, yeah, Vince McMahon. But that's from the PR department. They're awesome. And these are the only people I could say, hey, you know, me, maybe there's something to there. So credit to Iron Mike Spears. This is a good suggestion. Yeah, no, I, I do think that's a great suggestion. And if they had some people in talent relations, maybe they could bring those folks over because there's clearly still a problem over there in AEW. Maybe, I don't know, maybe the one guy that had the biggest issue with that department is now gone. But, you know, there were some rumblings before all this, the drama that had happened earlier this year and late yeah, last rumblings. year. That Yeah, there was like some rumblings and some communication issues. So, yes, you know, sure. but a, a lot of the office people that got let go from the WWE, those aren't wrestling people. Like, those are like, you know, marketing and uh, human resources. Like those are just normal folks that just like applied for the job through LinkedIn and, and got hired based off of their resume. They're, they're basically civilians and they're not like wrestling people. You know, and here's the thing too, is like, I don't think any of these people are surprised that it was coming, right? These are smart people. They could see the writing on the wall. We've been talking about this for months. We all saw yeah. what Endeavor did when they bought UFC, you know, what was that about six years ago, six, seven years ago? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, like we saw the calling that happened over there. And by the way, it's probably not done. Like I know we, uh, Nick Hausman reported that there's going to be some talent releases. And I think WWE decided, or uh, excuse me, TKO decided, you know, it's funny, it was Titan forever. And then it was yeah. WWE or WWFE. And then it was WWE. Now, yeah, whatever. Um, TKO decided to maybe wait on some of these talent releases. They're common because this is a company that, one, it's a public company. So they have to yeah. show, they have to, they have to show the if um they have to show growth and the easiest way to show growth is to, to fire a bunch of people, yeah. right? Then you say you're saving money, so they're gonna do that. There's way too many. There's way like we joke about Tony Khan hoarding talent. Do you know how many people ha are in that performance center? They don't. They can't fill all. Like there's too many people. They don't all have lockers there. Yeah, they don't all have lockers. Like you have to wait till you can get a locker. Do you really need that many people hanging out in the performance center? You know, flipping tires. And blowing their ACLs <laughs> over training. Yeah. yeah. Get, getting good medical care, I'm sure. Oh, great medical care. Yeah. The, <laughs> what do you think the rate is of injury in, in the in the PC? Because there always seems to be like mad and just like not always, but like massive injuries. Like if torn Achilles, like, blown ACLs, like major, major injuries. The best job security in the world is being like a WWE team physician and surgeon. You know what I mean? Or like, it, just like it is like if you're an NFL team doctor, a like trainer. You're, yeah, you're you're set because those brothers are always hurt. Um, you're, you're set for life if you got one of those gigs, man. For sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I fully expect there to be a culling. And if it's any, we we were discussing with one of our buddies. Um, you and I both thought that some of the higher priced mid card talent mm -hmm. could see it because this is what happened in UFC, right? And they, this is what they've done for a while now. Is yeah. when there's higher higher priced older guys, they become redundancy. And the, the, again, the the entire the entire concept behind the performance center is that we're training the next generation, and the next generation mm -hmm. doesn't get their shot if there's a bunch of forty year olds on the roster. Well, you know, it's and it's true of football too, and it's mm -hmm. true of the UFC. Like as you know, as um as fighters get older and they get more and more TV time, they get more exposure, then they get more expensive. 
right? Mm-hmm. And as their their um their fighting ability starts to decline, their actual rate will go up because they're more popular and they have they're selling more tickets and more merch. So at that point, that's when the UFC would either they would either cut them or when their fight contract came up, they would just stop negotiating with them. And then all of a sudden, Bellator and PFL would would take them on. And there's a laundry list of fighters that that had happened to. Uh, you know, Fabricio Verdum, the former heavyweight champion, defeated Fedor, right? One of the greats ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rory McDonald left straight from uh, from the UFC on a winning streak. He went over to, to Bellator, and then he ended up in PFL. Now I think he's retired. Uh, Benson Henderson, former lightweight champion, is lightweight champion UFC and um, the WEC lightweight champ. A really, a really decent sized star there. Like I've seen him headline pretty decent sized events, right? But he's not that upper echelon Connor, John Jones, those type of guys. But he was like a pretty mid-level star making decent coin. And UFC's like, you know what? We can trade you in for for a guy off of, you know, you know, Cage Fury fighting championships. It's on a win streak. Mm-hmm. Get them in there. If the guy's got a little bit of exposure and some good fighting ability, we can just push that guy. So they they've done that time and time again. And that's where I could see where WWE will do some do some talent cuts cuts. Uh, some of them will be like through attrition, but there's other ones that are just like fat contracts of guys that are just not doing anything. Like uh, if I were one of you, like if you're a 40 something tag team that was already cut before and went to impact for a couple of years and then went back <laughs> on another fat contract, I, I would keep my cell phone off for a while. I would just show up and, uh, and try to hide as much as you can. Cause I think you might be on the chopping block. JTG had a great tweet yesterday. He said, all right, here's the challenge. Don't answer your phone. Yeah. Just they yeah. can't fire if you don't answer your phone. Like, And then just, you know, George Costanza, just show up like you still just work there. <laughs> just show up. Yeah, oh, hey, I didn't know anything was wrong. I mean, that's just the kind of thing, though. I mean, uh, the difference with the UFC and, and WWE or pro wrestling in general is that it's hard to make stars, but UFC has done it right time and time again they keep making stars they keep finding people pro wrestling might be a little bit harder but the thing is too is like in pro wrestling like usually sometimes people don't start getting good till they're in their early to mid 30s right but by the time they're 40 there might be another guy in his early to mid 30s ready to go and if you're in the mid card what kind of value are you really bringing to them at the moment right so i don't know yeah you know and i I don't, I don't want to like fantasy book people getting fired, but I was just, you know, we were having a conversation about AJ Styles, right? Mm-hmm. A, a legend, an all-time great, uh, yep. all, you know, legendary TNA performer. And I would say he's a WWE legend. He's had a hell of a run there. He's been there since, I think, 2014. 16. Um, 2000, was it 16? 16. So 14, he, he leaves he had, Impact. 15, he goes to New Japan. Okay. And then 16, he's at the Royal Rumble, him mm-hmm. and Shinsuke. Okay. Now, he's, you know, in his mid-40s. And I'm sure he's commanding a high dollar, uh-huh. but he is never really the guy there. He is just a really good worker that people genuinely like. People come out. I, I think that guys like that might be in a little bit of trouble with this merger because I don't really think they're bringing in a ton of dollars, but they're getting paid a lot. You know what I mean? And so you can you can replace a guy like that with somebody from the PC, elevate them, and just start to push them. Now you can say, oh, how can you replace an AJ Styles? He's one of the all-time greats. You're you're not think you're thinking of it like a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking of it like a bean counter, right? Mm-hmm. They just see like what the contracts are versus what they're what the revenue that they're bringing in, and it you know, and I I don't know that it matches up. I'm gonna go ahead and assume probably not with guys like that. I'm not saying him just him specifically, but guys of that of that ilk. Well, there's a count. There's a concept that got popular in baseball. It's that wins above replacement. 
right? Yeah. That war. So like you got a replacement level wrestler. How good are you as opposed to that replacement level wrestler? I'd say AJ is reasonably high on that, but at the same time, you're eating up a lot of money. Yeah. You can easily like I want to say you can easily replace AJ, but think about AJ is if AJ were to get cut, he would get money from Tony Khan tomorrow. Oh, immediately. Yeah. So I mean, like that's one that's like the one guy I'd be like, yes, th- that guy would find a home in AEW right. tomorrow. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of other guys, maybe not like Dolph Ziggler. Like, what's he done mm-hmm. the last like three, four years over there? Right. I always they yeah. did a thing with Braun, but he's been out of that like in NXT, but he's out of that. And like he's my age. We're we're literally the same age. We wrestled our teams wrestled against each other in college. Fucking Kent State. And um, <laughs> I I would I would think that maybe his time has come. I know they like the Miz, but what are you getting with the Miz that you can't get with Grayson Waller? And that's Rich from the from the flagship show. He he draws that comparison. He calls him replacement level Miz. Yeah. But what's the difference? Like with with well, with Waller, you've got a younger, better version of the Miz who just hasn't had those million opportunities that Mizanin has. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Miz is a celebrity wrestler, right? And Grayson Waller is them trying to create a celebrity wrestler. Miz was a celebrity before he came into wrestling and he's just, you know, been in there a long time and he just fits well in that system. But the Miz, Miz's draw is that he's the Miz. Like he, he goes on TV and get you on TV. I think you can easily replace him with Grayson Waller. He's just not famous yet. Right. He just give him, he talks about being a social media star. He doesn't have any followers yet, but you, but you give him the Miz a spot. He might get there. That's what I'm saying. Like, look at LA Knight. A year ago, a year ago, he was still Max Dupree, right? And yeah. they were teasing, they were teasing the LA Knight thing. And, and this is a veteran work guy. We're the impact guys. Oh, he's Eli Drake. He'll be Eli Drake to us forever. Wait but, a minute. Hold on, JD. Are you sitting what? here and telling me that he was not created in NXT? That not, he wasn't just it, discovered at NXT, <laughs> built up through the NXT system, and finally got his shot? Yeah. Oh, I made a joke. Yeah. Um, I didn't even mean to do that. Uh, yeah. No, I'm telling you that exactly. No, that's the thing, though. It's like, so they gave that guy a shot. And look what he did. Like, he's over. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a good. I never thought he's a good wrestler. But in WWE, you don't have to be. More on that later. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll come back to that thought. So that's the thing is, like, how are you going to get the replacement level Miz to become the new Miz if you don't give him the chance to become the new Miz? So mm-hmm. I think if you got Grayson Waller under contract, what's the difference of other than, you know, a decimal point maybe between the Miz and Grayson Waller? Like what is the well, Miz I, really doing for you that the Grayson, that Grayson Waller can't do? Yeah. I mean, can, can you put the Grace Grayson Waller in a reality show? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Will it, will well, it do Ms. the same numbers? Probably not yet, but maybe if you give it time. But, but you're not going to have to pay Grayson Waller nearly as much as you pay The Miz. Right. But this thing, Mizanin was a reality star in the mid in the mid aughts. Nobody gave a shit about him when his wrestling career was starting. Right? No. Everything he's earned since then is from WWE. I hate giving them credit for it, but yeah. it's true. Real world fame fades fast. Like, real fast. So, I mean, like, that stuff was, was gone long ago, but excuse me, he knew how to do that. He knew how to do that. So if you give Grayson Waller that opportunity, why, you know, he's a better, he's younger. He's a better athlete. a better worker. Not by much, but he's a better worker. What's the difference between the guys? Like, I, and if I'm working for Endeavor, these are the questions I'm asking, or excuse me, TKO. Yeah. These are the questions I'm asking. And I think you have to, you have to seriously consider them right now. Same with like, like your Bronson reeds, like that triple H infinity gauntlet bullshit. Like that, it's, they're going to start turning into dust. That's going to be more apropos yeah. than people think. 
Yeah, Thor's about to be defeated, I think. Um, not Thor. What the hell? What the hell's his name? Thanos. Thanos. I called him Jesus Thor. Christ, Mike. Dude, uh, yeah, hey, hey, I hope Dave's not watching this uh, from uh, Superhero Speak. Uh, my uh, my apologies. I can guarantee you he is not. <laughs> thank, thank goodness, because he is our host here on, uh, on our stream yard. Did, did I ever tell you about the time we had Madison Rain on our Superhero Speak show? I know. I did not know that you had her on the show. Yeah, yeah. Madison Rain and Josh Matthews. Josh didn't say anything, but they were both. They were pushing a Kickstarter, and it was failing miserably. So we brought her on, and she's like, she's Madison Rain. Like yeah. she's on a comic book podcast, and she didn't really write the comic. Like she, it was her idea, and like it felt like Josh was really kind of pushing things. So she didn't kind of know how to talk about comics. So this show was dying, and I'm like. So let's talk about the beautiful people. And then she yeah. was like, boom, like she was on. And we talked about wrestling for like 45 minutes and it turned into a pretty good interview. And Dave was like trying to steer it back into comics. And I was like fighting them out. I'm like, no, Dave, she clearly doesn't <laughs> want to talk about comics, including her own yeah. Kickstarter. And then I had a, I had a come to Jesus meeting with them about, cause they were like, do you want to run our Kickstarter? And I was like, no, I do not. But here's what you need to do. And then right. they never ran it. So <laughs> smart. But yeah, so that was a fun, fun little anecdote about Madison Rain. She's nice, by the way. She's really nice. She seems like a nice person. Yeah, she was uh, really Impact nice One Thousand talk later, by the way. We uh, we will get into some Impact One Thousand talk. No oh boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess my message to Tony Tony Khan is uh, buyer beware on some of these cuts. Don't feel like you have to sign everybody. Um, I think a couple of the guys that they signed that got cut um have not quite panned out and uh he's quickly quickly found out that wwe might have been right on those guys and now because he doesn't want to fire anybody unless they threaten to beat his ass um he's just gonna have to pay them the length of their contract so did they um, release I, i'd be careful Bo there whatever happened with parker boudreaux did they release so, him or is you know, he our, like our guy yeah. our guy from one of our group chats said that he was getting released and then he didn't but the tattooed face baseball player guy he got he didn't get released. He was on a short deal. Parker Boudreaux, as far as I know, is still there. But mm. if he's on Ring of Honor, he might as well not be there because I do not know. I do not. I've never watched it. So he is, in fact, not on Ring of Honor. Hey, our, our buddy DJ Convoy popped by. Just a quick word and tell you, I love you. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, DJ Convoy. We love you, buddy. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, a good man. He moderates yeah. the Wrestling Observer live chat. There's a there's a human being that has the patience of a saint. He's a glutton for punishment, that guy. Truly, um, truly is. An admirable <laughs> human being. I could not yeah. do that. So, so I don't know. I, and I don't know who's going to get fired or what. And this kind of feels gross to even <laughs> fantasy book it. But, you know, I don't have a ton of class. So I did throw out some names there. Fair. But, yeah. Um, hey, the... Um, Let's get in. Let's get into um, Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men podcast. I actually did a. Uh, I actually did a podcast with him and Garrett one time called "We're Live, Pal." Um, he was on his show today, and he actually um, had like a, a kind of a, a good little scoop ski here. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm trying this for the first time, by the way. I'm doing a share screen. And I'm gonna play a video, and if you can hear me in the chat, sound off. But here we go. This is what Matt Men, um, Andrew Zarian from Matt Men said on his podcast today about uh, AEW heading to HBO Max. Um, I, I think next year is going to be very interesting for them, considering yeah. the rights deal is going to be done soon. Um, yep. Max, I, I feel co confident to say Max is going to be their home for yeah. AEW. Uh, 
I also feel confident to say that they're going to run 12 pay-per-views a year. Interesting predictions. Not a prediction, my friend. Oh, no? It, I feel confident to say it. Ah, okay. feel very confident to say it. Andrew Z gets the scoops. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Andrew Zarian, the, he dropped two scoops on there, um, like uh, like Raisin Brand, two scoops. So, oh. yeah, sorry. <laughs> so he dropped he dropped he dropped two of them there. The first one, he he's pretty confident that AEW is going to max, right? Um, and he also said that he's pretty confident that AEW is moving to twelve pay per views. I think he might be right about that, considering. They have ran one um, May, June, July, August, September, and now we got one in October. There's one coming up in November, full gear. They have not made an announcement for a December one, but I think an announcement could be imminent. Um, and it looks like we might be getting those on Max. And if they're on Max, count me in. That might be a little bit of an extra fee, and I'm I'm willing to do that. I, I'm cool that's what that. I, that was the question I asked when uh, Andrew because Andrew tweeted this as well. Andrew, I don't know the guy. Yeah. Um. I asked, I said, so is this going to be, because remember, UFC and ESPN have this deal too, but it's pay-per-views. So I wanted yeah. to know, I'm like, so is the plan to just, you know, have that be part of the show? Or is this going to be a separate feed? Bix like my tweet. Um, I didn't, he didn't respond. I don't think he has an answer to that yet. If, I have thoughts on this. If that is the plan, that's fine. A lot of people are like, oh, it's just too much. It's just too much content. Well, don't watch. Yeah, I don't watch Rampage. Rampage is not a night. I don't care. Like, it's very simple. Watch what you don't want. Like, it's that easy. So here's what I'm wondering. If that is the case, this is a good thing for them, right? Yeah. Not just in the fact they're probably going to get a lot of money, but I think it's going to... F- now, what I've come to learn is that wrestling fans have been programmed by 30 year 30 plus years of wrestling television where if we are not constantly promoting the next big show people feel lost and we really saw that in the build to all in even though every single major match that was on that show was part of the show going into the announcements it bothered everybody that they weren't announced Mm -hmm. right MJF Adam Cole was the focus of the show throughout the summer, but we never said that was the match until a couple weeks out. So I think that wrestling fans need that security blanket of knowing this is where this is headed. And I think Tony kind of can lose himself in the weeds a little bit with his booking. So I think having a show, a show a month will help. Cause you think about it. We had that with dynamite. Like that's pretty much what they had. We had like the four major pay-per-views, and then you'd have your major rampages every or major dynamites every month yeah. that you'd build toward. So what's the difference? And if there's not in it, believe me, if there's not an additional fee on this, if this just comes as part of my max membership, I got no problem. I was going to watch these shows anyway. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, Dobby, the brain Heenan, Patreon subscriber, shout out my brother. Um, he asked the question, do you guys think it'll be more like WWE with Peacock or UFC with ESPN? pay-per-view costs are significantly different uh yeah that's a great question um obviously i don't know so i'd just be guessing my guess is um i think that tony is a huge fan of the ufc model with espn 
And from what we've people have been saying and rumors that are out there is that um, the Bleacher Report app would be get swallowed by Max essentially, and you would uh, it would be like Bleacher Report Sports or a Bleacher Report uh, Hub on on Max, and then you would be ordering it through there. My guess is is they will still be pay per views. My hope is it will be factored into the Max cost, even if Max is going to cost a little bit more each month. I would be cool with that. I mean, it'd probably get us up to like $15, $16 at that point. But that's what I, I would like because my wife's not going to let me cut Max because that's where Fixer Upper is at. And that's where all those shows are at. And then I can get AEW and I can get, you know, my my uh, DC stuff that I like. Uh, wow. I can't believe you said that and not me. Um, I am of the opinion that if it's only 15 16 bucks a month for those pay-per-views, fine. If it's 50 plus your max subscription this is where i think it might not work because i don't think the company is hot enough to make this work like i don't yeah. think that would be i don't think that is a good move for them and ww and like it or not wwe has set a trend in the marketplace that if you're on streaming you're essentially free now wwe or aw's done really good with their pay-per-views but i don't know if 12 of them is the move now that being said, everyone said, this is the thing. When WWE went to, let's save the company, right? After Bret Hart left. Actually, like when Bret Hart was going to leave, the company was going broke. They were taking the water the water machines out of the out of the building. What saved the company was going to full price 12 pay-per-views a, month, a year. Save the company. Yeah. Right? Because more people bought, like not as many people bought, but you, but it was something like 70% of the regular buyers were buying. So you lost some, but you made up for it when those people that bought that were buying 12 pay-per-views full price a year that, you know what I'm saying? Like the math it's, it's math. Yeah. I'm hoping they get a big enough bag, as they say, where we don't have to pay 50 bucks a month for 12 pay-per-views because that would hurt. I'm not doing yeah, that. that. Yeah. That, that would be nice. I mean, if it, it just depends, like is max willing to overspend and buy the pay-per-view outright and then just add it as part of their subscription service or do what ESPN Plus is doing, and they just they bought it outright, but to get their money back, and this was smart by them, um, they are charging seventy dollars per pay per view, and ESPN and UFC is still selling a ton of like they're the biggest monster on pay per view right now, um, and it it never stopped despite the fact that they went to ESPN the ESPN Plus model. So um, the I think AEW is not UFC though. UFC no. is hot. You know what I mean? No matter which fighters come and go, no matter who's on top, they're selling out everywhere. And the pay-per-views are doing really big business. And I'm talking like like their bottom-end pay-per-views are still doing well above what AEW does on their top end. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. just a it's just a different monster. So I think they'd have to be realistic with them with themselves. But you know, I I I think I think I could see Khan kind of wanting to go for the money. Or not just Khan, but eight, but Max. Right? You know what I mean? Let me play devil's advocate with you. Okay. I will maintain, and there are people in our old podcast network that will fight me on this, but I, I'm right. WWE's ascension in popularity came in, came in unison with the Peacock deal. A hundred percent. And I will maintain, and Brandon Thurston agrees that Having that, having those pay-per-views accessible, accessible for not extra charge, has given a wider audience their best shows. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that Tony Khan is smart enough to realize that and not just go for the money. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to throw another fact at you that variety. Culture Crave, it's a great Twitter follow or X follow, whatever, for anyone that likes, um, you know, nerd news and stuff like that. Did you know that Mac, I want to make sure I read this correctly. Max has the highest cancellation rate of any streaming platform at 26, at 26.9%. Wow. So they need sports. Yes. To yeah. keep people from canceling. I don't think maybe down the road you can charge. I think charging right now would not help you charging exorbitant if it's like an extra five bucks a month i'm in like i'll i I, that's no that's a no-brainer if you're asking me to pay 50 bucks a month even 20 bucks a month for an extra pay-per-view i'm i'm not i'm not in like i don't think it's going to work but these two companies need something and i think tony having his platform his shows on a big platform that does even a 26 percent, even 27 percent, you know uh, cancellation rate Max still is one of the biggest streaming networks outside of Disney. Yeah, it's like it's Disney, Max, and Peacock. They're like all and Netflix, of course. They're all like all kind of like in the same stratosphere. <clears throat> and I think Paramount Plus would be a kind of like a step below those guys. Um so um yeah, um so earlier this year, um in July, AEW did a record, record gate, or so we thought. At at uh, at Wembley Stadium for All In. So according according to um, AEW, um, they put it out that AEW sold eighty one thousand thirty five tickets. Now that is under independent audit. So the real number is going to come out. Tony Khan has objected that to an independent audit, and that is ballsy, by the way. And I think that's very cool of him to do, and I think he deserves mm-hmm. respect. Brandon Thurston did some investigation and he got the turnstile report. So the number of people that actually entered through the turnstiles, right? And he got it and it was 72,265. This would be fans in attendance for all in. So that would not be the record, uh, the attendance record, nor did they ever claim they had the attendance record. They just claimed they had the ticket sold record. Um, But there was a claim out there that they had the attendance record. Um, but that's actually 8,500 short of the WrestleMania 32 record of 80,079. Um, I think people are trying to downplay this um, <laughs> and say that it wasn't as big a deal as it was. 72,000 people in attendance is a pretty damn big deal. Did you did you hear Dave talk about this? He said that like um, I heard something about he there was like a a 10% you know drop rate essentially like, average and that's a pretty standard thing yeah across the board wwe has the lowest i have the lowest rate at nine right so upon upon this is major sports too upon average major sports teams will because he he said because of the of the scalper market right there's so many tickets sell early scalpers buy so many of them and then it's on average 10 percent lower so this yeah. would be the same thing for any wrestlemania that which again those numbers are worked anyway so i think that a lot of people are going to get themselves worked into knots over this number, mm-hmm. which is fine. Tony got his account, and then, like Sam Alvarez talked about, he goes, I didn't count, I didn't go through the turnstile, right? Because yeah. he was there well, as media, yeah. So, well, media shouldn't, media shouldn't count, media on that. shouldn't should count, but fans. that's yeah, that's correct. But like, yeah. so that's the thing. It was like, there's a lot of people in the building. Tony said 90, maybe he said around 90, probably wasn't around 90. Um, but I believe eighty five thousand tickets are sold. He put it, he put his money where his mouth is and let it be an independent audit. If they they yeah. all, they never said anything more than this is what we sold, 
Yeah, he said 80,000, 80, or I'm sorry, 81,035 tickets sold. Did you see that Will Ospreay got a damn tattoo of that number? <laughs> Will Ospreay, man. <laughs> I love, dude, how could you not love that guy? Like, Will, uh, I, he's a bumbling idiot, and I love him so much. Oh, I adore, he reminds me of so many wrestlers I've coached over the years. Just lovable dumb jocks. I yeah. think he's great. It's so funny, <laughs> the, the the UK media, like, we, I guess, Remember this promos on Diamond that everybody's like, oh, these are really good. And the UK media guys are like, this is fucking awful. And they, I was they've like, hated him for a long time. I yeah. know there's a there's a real thing there, but I think I think Will's great. I think he's a meathead. I think he's gonna get paid, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully he's, somebody pays. Hopefully him. he gets he gets paid a ton, a ton, ton of money. So um anybody saying that this was not that was still not a success, even though you know, just because they don't have the attendance record. Um, as of right now, until it's proven otherwise, they have the ticket sold record um, because I, I WWE works their numbers and I don't know exactly how many tickets were actually sold for WrestleMania 32. One would assume that it's higher than 80,079 of the turnstile count of the people in the building, but I, we just don't have that number yet. And those could be comps and, and all that stuff. But yeah, the scalper market, that's a lot of people weren't able to offload tickets, and so the seats didn't get mm-hmm. filled. I mean, that's not that big of a deal. No, there's a ton of people in the audience. And like WWE counts like the, the janitorial staff. They count the guys working. They count the people in the cameras. They count the people selling hot dogs. Like they're counting, yeah. you know, like the people outside, yeah. t- like parking ticket, like parking cars. Like they're doing there. And that's a work number. It's what it is. Yeah. So um, WWE uses the number that they use in uh, the FAA, the uh, the Federal Aviation um, Administration. I was part of a um, an exercise for an aircraft crash, and uh, the number they they call is uh, they said uh, we had uh, two hundred and thirty five SOBs, and I was just like, what? And they go, and I was like, and I elbowed my 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 flight commander. I was like, what's what's he saying? SOBs. I was like, am I? Am I the only thing that's hilarious? And he goes, it means souls on board. I was like, oh, okay. So they're talking way, pilots. They're, it's they're way funnier the other way. Flight attendants. And I was just like, and then I got back to my flight. And I was like, yep. And, and I was briefing them on on the, you know, the scenario, this aircraft crash. Yeah, we had 235 sons of bitches on board. And everybody started busting out laughing. My, my <laughs> boss just looked at me. He goes, like, you couldn't resist, could you? I was like, no, I'm sorry. SOB stands for souls on board. That's a uh, souls on so, board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So WWE uses that. So if they consider, you know, pets as souls, you know, all the workers there, the media members, um, you WrestleMania know, three, just, Frankie the parrot was there. That's a body. Yeah, that's he, a he, that's a body. He, Matilda, he count. She counted. Yeah, yeah. Mat- Matilda better damn count. She's a legend. Um, <laughs> comment from the chat. Favorite. This comes from a Christopher Carter. So he got here a bit late, but as Lanza said, our boss Joe Lanza, the very handsome and not bald guys. He does not use Nugenics, and he is not bald, despite what that uh, AEW um, sign said. Um, Joe Lanza said, uh, got here a bit late. As Lanza said, I tend to agree, though, that I'm not sure y'all do as I just arrived. This is just another number to deal with and all the noise. Yeah, Yeah. that's all it is. It was just um, I I knew people would want to hear us talk about it, so I thought I'd bring it up. I think the the bigger story is, yeah, the bigger story is AEW's domestic ticket sales. Those are... Like, you know, I, I typically am like kind of an AEW defender when it comes to this area, but it's scary. Like they, they had for this week's dynamite in Cincinnati at 2100. Um, and then grand slam 
as of right now, or actually as of this morning, my cousin Statner Joe texted me this morning. Said around 6,200 are out. They're 6,200, and they're currently offering buy one, get one free deals. And it was about half of what they did last year. So last year they had a little over 12,000 and uh, well under the 20,000 from 2021. So, um, man, that, that is tough. And he sent me like, um, he sent me the, uh, I think Brandon Thurston had like an Excel sheet. He sent me the Excel sheet and they're just from, from last year to this year, they're just way down everywhere mm -hmm. in ticket sales domestically. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the issue too. You're going to see like the promotion isn't hot right now. Um, talking with a buddy of ours, who's, who's been saying this is going to happen for a while. And he was, he triggered this all back to stuff that started going wrong in early 2022 and it's coming to roost now. And I think Tony's issue is he believes in these traditions and he wants to run these venues multiple times in a row. And that's his ego talking like WrestleMania three was that 93,000 work number. WrestleMania's four and five were in Trump Plaza. They probably could have gotten a lot, but I mean, like they didn't try to run something big the next year. They did it six yeah. and then seven, they tried and it, it didn't go good. So I mean, this happens, right? You know? <laughs> Like, well, hold, hold JD, hold on, hold on. Seven, they were gonna run the LA Coliseum, but Sergeant Slaughter had so much heat, it was just way too dangerous for them to run the arena because he was such a good heel. That's the story, yeah. Just so happened that it was the exact 14,000 <laughs> that fit just fine in the LA Coliseum in the LA Sports <laughs> Arena, Sports Arena, yeah. That yeah, that Roddy so. Piper used to run in uh 10 years prior to that, but yeah, <laughs> he was at the imp he was at the Olympic Auditorium. That's a different the Olympic, that's right. Yeah, yeah. This is this yeah. is I think that's what the no, the Lakers play at the forum. I, I forget who plays sports around anyway. Yeah. Um this happens, they're down, like and in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase 
by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell, all three-in-one, offering you triple security. So you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door. But it's not just for security. The Eufy Video Lock is also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys, and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras. Some other great features we love about the Eufy Video Lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking. Again, 0.3 seconds, it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock. And with the AI self-learning chip embedded, the more you use it, the more accurate it will be. Also, no battery anxiety. You have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2K clear sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They are on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, one second doors unlocked much much easier so if you want to jump on board with eufy video lock search eufy video lock that is e u f y video lock again that's eufy video lock e u f y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door People have been un- talking about the product and they've been unhappy with it for a bit now, right? And the creation of Collision didn't help. Like, they had a lot of shit thrown on their plate this year. Some of it was self composed, some of it was WB. And it's it's coming home to roost now because um, product, I think the booking coming out of the all weekends has been better and more focused. But again, it's like the stuff you do now, I think Jim Quartz says too, the stuff you do now well 
will show up on your ticket sales four to five months down the line. Right. Problem with dynamite is when they they release when the program when the company is hot, like WWE right now, they're hot. They can open up tickets and you don't got to announce shit. You're just gonna sell them. When the company AEW had that for a long time too. I remember I couldn't get tickets to all in or yeah, all out 2019 because like you just couldn't touch them. When you're hot, you don't need nothing. When you're cold, you need everything. You don't nothing works. <coughs> And I think that's the problem right now is the pro the program is super cold. And even though it's a little bit better now, they're paying now they're paying for the stuff that people were unhappy about around double or nothing time. Right. Yeah. That's how these things work. And it's going to take months to fix it. I think this is why I think that max deal is imperative because you're not going to mm-hmm. get those numbers up. I think they need to stop running the NBA arenas and stop listening to these WWE guys. Go back to running the smaller college arenas. Start doing some freaking boots on the ground. Jeff Jarrett, mm-hmm. I love the guy, but he was the, he's in charge of live events. And all of a sudden, our live events division has been going down this year. So, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe your focus should not be on, on playing with Leatherface. Like, it's time to ask some seriously hard questions right now. Like, this is the problem with hiring people who come from the other place, is they want you to run things. Well, this is how we did it in WWE, and I don't think Tony Khan's put the foot down and said, motherfucker, this isn't WWE. Can't do it this way. You know, and early on in in, uh, the history of AEW, when they were running these, these college arenas are not small, by the way. You could still get, you know, quite a few thousand people in there. Yeah, yeah, the one in Cincinnati is a lot smaller than the NBA size yeah, yeah, they're not NBA, but they're still pretty decent sized arena. The cool thing about it was is that it was always felt like a party like atmosphere. Yes. In those smaller arenas, like you felt like you were a part of something that was growing, and it's now they got to this this big level and they're working these big arenas. Now the novelty's kind of wore off and they're kind of coming back. Um, I think early on they probably should have ran bigger arenas. Um, but, um, but now they kind of, it seems like they need to go back down to those smaller ones, well, those, you know, five, 6,000 seat arenas. To be fair, this is the only week I thought that you could tell the arena was small. Like, cause usually yeah. they've got, cause it used to be, they would run these big arenas and you couldn't tell. Now they've got these small arenas. They, they're not full and the crowd is hot. They're shooting it really well. It's like, I feel like mastery gets a lot of crap because they think he makes some bad decisions production wise, but he's done a much better job than Keith Mitchell of like highlighting the crowd. Right. Yeah. The cloud, the, the big crowds look huge. The small crowds don't look so bad. So I think production wise, you're doing a good job. This was the first week. I think we had a super cold, small crowd, you know? Um, yeah. But if you make it feel cool, they, I think they need to change. I think they need to change a lot of what they think about where they should host some of these dynamites. Like this the program wants to emulate WCW in a lot of ways. When W when Nitro was on the come up, they were doing interesting things with their events. That's a lot of Zane Braslock. Remember, not all Club of the La work. Vila. Club La, not just Club La Vila. Remember, they ran Daytona yeah. Beach, the beach. Oh, yeah. Actually, they ran mm-hmm. Club La Vila is a good one. They had that other one too that I can't remember the name. They ran in two different places. The Mall of America. They did mm-hmm. interesting things that made the show look different. Part of the problem I think AEW has right now is you got so many people who are Vince trained. Is they're trying to make this program Vince trained, and you have to stop that. Like at this point right now, you have to go back to grassroots. You have to start knocking on doors. You have to get like Dave. I don't you, you I don't you see you didn't read the observer yet this week, but Dave wrote a big long piece on it felt like the death of AEW, right? And I'm sure he, <laughs> you know I it was I did pretty read fatalist. the I did read the, the the ticket sales portion of it. So I read the top two stories, the TKO story and the AEW ticket sales story. But it seemed like it was pretty grim. And 
as we covered, if you guys go to patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show and you take a listen to our WCW 2001, I'm not saying that AEW is there. I'm not comparing no. them to WCW 2001. I'm not doing that. But what I'm saying is, is that Dave made some predictions early on in the year. And then we, we went week by week reading the observers, essentially covering the, what the W the fall of WCW in 2001 to the WCW invasion and to where it ultimately failed. He predicted what was going to happen, or he warned, if you do this, this is what will happen. And everything he predicted ended up coming out right. Like, say what you want about the guys. You don't like his star ratings, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's guys out there like Sean Ross Sapp and other guys that might be out scooping him now. But his knowledge of how the business operates and works, I think, is second to none when it comes to the journalism field. And when he's talking about warning signs, I think promoters should – uh, heed his warnings and actually read what he's saying and make the necessary changes because WWE didn't do that. And they had a colossal failure on their hands in 2001. Dave had an interesting tweet today. I'm trying to find it. Um, I can, I can, uh, I can pull it. I'm, Go ahead. I'm um, on his Twitter. It was this afternoon. It was like, da, 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 da. you know, I just, I hate reading it, but he's, he, I was always time on trying to find this. I hate to, I hated reading it. Cause I do like this promotion. I do think we need this promotion to work. The difference between WCW right now is the ratings are much better. WCW wasn't winning the night when they were done. Yeah. Like they weren't selling the type of pay-per-views like AEW is still, profitable like people go, hey, I made a profit well you don't know what they make in profits they just had two of their biggest weeks in a row and there is a come down off that because wwe had them the same right when they came out of wembley too so it's almost like man, maybe you shouldn't run wembley it's kind of bad luck afterwards uh you don't you know searching through dave Meltzer's twitter is god awful because like <laughs> now you got to read through just... him talking shit to all these nerds for fucking hours <laughs> yeah i was saying if you if you find the tweet and you send it to me i can pull it up on the screen but uh <laughs> okay waste time for me for a second mike yeah. i gotta find this yeah well you know it it really it really is scary uh the the ticket sales thing and i'm like at this point i'm kind of racking my brain is like what could they possibly do to get these numbers back up um you know you know they could run smaller venues and then make the crowd seem more hot. I think that would be appropriate and then get that party like atmosphere that we had in the original days. Um, I, I think that would be cool. You know, I, I think one of their band-aids is, is to go find new and more talent um, and big name talent. And I think one of the things that they're probably trying to do and they might successfully do is bring in edge. I don't know that edge is the answer. And I'm, and I have not one of those guys that is like a an edge hater or that doesn't respect i like edge i happen to be a fan of edge and he's a, a real famous guy i think you come in for a temporary bump and then you're going to go right back down to where you were before maybe even less right because edge again is a temporary band-aid i think you need young fresh hip cool new talent that can go out there and get after it and i think after watching dynamite yet again this week I thought the guy that came across as the biggest star to me in the company outside of MJF is Swerve Strickland. Mm -hmm. I, I, I agree. Just happened to, I happened to find him so compelling. He's so tremendous. And I actually sent a text to JD and uh, John Muse earlier this week and uh, with no context. I said, hey, I respect both of you guys, but if either one of you ever says a single bad thing about Prince Nana and his dance, I'm leaving <laughs> the chat because I love that brother, man. He is so cool. He's so funny. He's kind of a bumbling idiot. He's an 80s style heel manager, he's like Jimmy a number two. Hart. He's Jimmy Hart. Yeah. And, and I do, I think he's so great. Him dancing while um, Cage was beating down Adam Page and then all of a sudden getting his medicine. 
getting his medicine from the Young Bucks, I thought it was tremendous. Like the whole bit is great. I can't find this thing. I'm for Dave. Basically, yeah, Dave, kinda, don't don't worry about it. Dave basically kind of tweets something like the. It says like oh, I got a really good. I got really good feedback on the AEW oh. thing I wrote from the right people. Yeah, which led me to believe that maybe some important people read what Dave said and, and took it to heart. So no, back to Nana. Prince Nana is like I said, he's Jimmy Hart. If Don Callis is trying to be the new Bobby Heenan, a little more serious than Heenan ever was, to be quite frank. But Nana is absolutely Jimmy Hart, and he's great. He was great in Ring of Honor 15, 20 years ago. Like, yeah, so did you so find this it is from Dave Meltzer? I'm sharing the screen now, so I should mention the article on AW Promotional Wars and Attendance has been heavily praised to me this morning from Thank those you. who have read it. Yeah, from those who have read it. So that's that's, very, that's what that's, he was saying. Yeah, that's but that's uh, that's coded. Yeah, like, yeah, that's there, very there's certain very there's certain things that Dave writes in The Observer, and it's it's like an like it's an audience of one. It's mm-hmm. you know he's like he's writing it to get the, the a person's attention because you he clearly sees that there's a storm coming and he's they may the, not be able to avoid it. And that's not just a that's not just a Tony. We saw this in in our Patreon shows. He did that to Vince too. Like you're yeah. absolutely. This is what makes Dave. This is what makes Dave a different writer than a traditional more more of a traditional journalist. Is Dave will speak directly and he's got Dave's got this very like colloquial writing style where he's very very non he's not very polished. You know, and I think by his own admission, yeah. he isn't. And he's like, it's like he's having a conversation. Like his writing very is very conversational. And it's very much like he's directly saying this to someone. And it really felt like this was Dave. It felt like this was Dave talking to Tony Khan today. It's really yeah. what it felt like. Circling back around. Prince Nana is great. Swerve is cool. The difference between WCW2 is I think that they're trying to make a guy. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. we're trying yeah. to. Oh, hey, John Muse is in the chat. I just realized that. Oh, yeah. Um buddy yeah they're definitely trying to make like you can see you can actively see swerve being elevated at this point and i think i think he's nailing it um and you know who else is being elevated and i i feel like you and i deserve our flowers for this one and uh i'm sure io if io still in the chat io can back us up he was a brace for impact listener for a long time we were singing the praises of one w morrissey Yes. And you know what? We shit on the signing when AEW brought him in. We shit on the name. And that yeah. brother came in. He worked his tail off. And he got himself over. He had a he had a one-year run at Impact. And he completely transformed himself. So much so that Tony Khan, who li- very likely would have not even given him a chance the year prior uh, when he was um, you know coming out of like rehab and all that stuff, he proved himself an Impact. He got on Tony Khan's radar. They brought him in. And oh, Scott Edwards is there too because I was hey, telling him. Scott yeah, Edwards. So they they brought him in, and you know what? He kicked ass this week yes, with um with John Moxley. They had a hell of a match, and people are starting to take notice of what we took notice of on our show, Brace for Impact, for over a year about how great W. Morrissey is, and I'm really glad that people are starting to take notice. Morrissey was a highlight in Impact. The time, yeah. the whole time he was there, he elevated his work game. He elevated his promos. He, I remember I went to an NXT show and my buddy broke him when he was big cast. He was really upset and bothered by some heckling. That dude today would eat him alive, man. I am mm-hmm. so proud of how far this dude has come. And I like the swerve. I the swerve. I like the Starks and Bill thing. Like it's got yeah. a, it's got a, it's got a HBK diesel vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, I think there's something, I think there's something there and they're feuding with, you know, Danielson and Moxley. So they're in big spots, right? I think yeah. this is, I think it's working. Like they're, they're trying, they got their, their backing 
Starks was a guy like he got over in like the Austin way a little bit, right? With getting beat by, you know, the legend is what I mean. Yeah. But not submitting. You know, I think they're going all in on Swerve. Well, it's going to be a big show this week at Wrestle or coming up at Wrestle Dream. If Swerve beats Hangman, I hope Tony and- Khan does not get tempted by the, because you're going to have all these elite tweet, elite twerps, right? These, these idiots, these sycophants that, that cry every time the elite lose. Hangman can lose and they need a heel. They need a super hot heel. Let it be mm-hmm. Swerve. Swerve is doing the work of his career right now. Is I think like we did not make orange. We had the chance to make orange Cassidy, right? They they're gonna regret it too. Lanza talked about something on the flagship today that I heard, and I had the same conversation with I think the same guy who said we could have gotten to that AEW uh, that AEW NXT showdown match. It would have culminated with Orange Cassidy's one year reign as the champion. You could have built something big to that, but they didn't. They held back on orange. That was a mistake. Do not yeah. make this mistake with Swerve Strickland. Do not listen to the. I almost named elitist. Elitist. There you go. Elitists. Yeah. Don't don't listen to the elitists. Yeah. Don't don't Jeez. listen don't listen to those guys. Uh, Hangman is going to be fine. Um, I know we're trying to build Hangman back up, but Swerve has lost in every major feud that he's had. He needs he needs this one, and he needs to be elevated to yes. a an eventual MJF title match. He needs and to have a showdown with MJF. Yeah, and, and it, it will because it will draw. They're, they're... Swerve, Swerve's cool, right? Yeah, Swerve is yeah. cool. Max is in Max is in this weird spot right now where fans really like him, and like I think we've moved past the phase of this is feeling disingenuous to this is just the status quo, right? Yeah, I think this evolved. Like it's over. I don't know if it's drawing, but the bloodline didn't draw until it did. Right. Yeah. The bloodline was not a huge draw for the WWE until it just, they, they stuck with it. I think this MJF Cole thing will eventually help lead to sales. Cause it's over. It is over, but they need a villain, man. They need that. And that's what swerve is. Swerve's a fucking movie star villain, right? He's a bond yeah. villain at this point. Someone told me, Oh, my buddy said he's Nino Brown from uh new Jack city. That Wesley. Snipes yes. Character. Wesley Snipes. Like, yes! yes. That's exactly Dude, what he so is in this awesome. role. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Go, so go awesome. all in with swerve. All right, guys, we're coming up on it. So I, I got a couple topics I want to hit and uh, then we're going to head over to overtime on Patreon. Um, so uh, real quick, uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Head over to YouTube and look for the Mike and JD show. We've got tons of clips there and exclusive content. Also head to Patreon and go to patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show. And we got um, exclusive shows. we got overtime with Mike and JD, Brace for Impact, and the JD Oliva Project, plus our archives. Uh, JD also has been writing some more. He actually published an article earlier this week for Voices of Wrestling. But if you're a Patreon subscriber, you got that before everybody else did. Uh, JD put all his hard work and effort into and beefing up our Patreon. So please check that out. Go to patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show. So uh, last three topics um, I want to talk about. Uh, Jade Cargill appears to be headed towards free agency, and she is rumored to be heading to WWE. Um, some people are saying she is. Some people are saying she isn't. I know I know that uh, Raj Geary was saying he doesn't think so. Sean Rossap thinks he is. I think she is. I, I think not only is she, I think she should. I think she's perfect for WWE. I think if you're not going to go all in on making Jade the face of the division, it's time for her to go. Yeah. Because um, the work rate of what the AEW fan wants is not, it's not there. Right. My biggest issue with all this is you protected her for a year, right? A year plus you built and built and built and built. 
and then you're not going to get really anything out of that. Like I know she put over stat tonight, which is good. You got to make stat lander, but I think that um, I think on rampage think, though on rampage way. on rampage. <laughs> but again, it's <laughs> like if rampage. she's leaving, if she's leaving, do you want to give her a bigger spotlight? No, but it'd be nice to give uh give Statlander the bigger spotlight. But I think yeah. they did kind of a good send off tonight. Hold on, Scott Edwards is in the chat right now. Oh, uh, and he said he said I don't know. Yeah, you didn't. We're doing the J talk right now. But he said he just finished her match with Chris, and it was the best of her career in my opinion. Um, so I'm actually looking forward to watching that. I'll have to check it out tomorrow morning. Yes, but I if you if you put her on Dynamite. And you know, like three hundred or four hundred more thousand people see her on TV, and then she goes to Raw. It's not going to change anything. It's not going to hurt yeah. her, like do anything. You know what I mean? Like it could. I think you're not really giving Jade the spotlight. You're giving Statlander another spotlight of getting her that big win in front of a lot more people. That that's all I'm saying. But look, it happened on Rampage, and I think they actually gave her a little bit of a send off too. Like they did kind of a nice thing for her. So here's the thing is it came it sounds like it came down to wwe made this tremendous offer which is funny because she's like oh i love aew and she might it sounds from what dave was saying tony wouldn't match the offer to that i say good move tony khan yeah 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 good move because like at some point you have to say hey man we can't spend that kind of money and i really and maybe that this makes me a bad person i think there's a lot of star potential in jade cargill i don't think aew is the place to maximize it and I say that as no. a W as an AEW fan, I think she could do better in WWE. I think she could be protected by some of their workers a little bit better. I think she can do the things that she wants to do. And then I think that frees up some money from Tony, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you are going to want to spend smarter. Quite frankly, I'm glad yeah. that he didn't, I'm glad that he didn't feel the need to outbid them in this case, because I don't think it'd have been a great. Now again, could she be a big star? Absolutely. Do I think AEW is the right vehicle for her to become that star? I do not. AEW is for the dorks, right? Yeah. And they're for us, right? Hardcore mm-hmm. fans. And yep. Jade appeals to celebrity wrestling fans. And I think that she would be perfect fit in WWE. And our buddy Io, Patreon subscriber, by the way, Io, I uh, said, yeah, in y'all yeah. opinion, should Jade go to NXT first? Absolutely fucking not. I think nope. she's going to command a high salary. I think you put her right in there with the big stars and you put her on the house shows. And that's how she's going to get better. Um, mm-hmm. Because you're not, you're not going to ask her to be like a top-notch work-rate wrestler. Uh, you don't, don't have, have to be that. You don't have to be that in WWE. You don't have to do slap the thigh, kick out, kick out, kick out, no sell, sell, no sell, sell, kick out, kick out, kick out. You don't have to do that in WWE. You can do lock up, chin lock. You know what I mean? Like it's like they have a different tempo up there. They have those type of AEW style wrestlers in WWE. They're just slowed down quite a bit more. Right? Mm-hmm. She can just be more of a character actor in wwe plus she wants to do movies she wants to do reality shows i think wwe is going to be a better platform for her to leverage her position in um the entertainment space i think it's a perfect move for her um next topic the rock claims he was uh close to a deal to headline wrestlemania against roman reigns earlier this year um and uh, i that rumor was out there that's the reason why that's the reason why i planned the trip to disneyland and to to get my WrestleMania tickets for my birthday, and the son of a bitch never came. And now he said it was almost pretty much locked in, but they couldn't get a deal together. They couldn't get the right creative. But now he seems to be open to it. And oh, weird! There's currently a mm. actor strike going on in Hollywood. Mm. I wonder why he's more available now. So mm. weird. <laughs> yeah, it's funny too because like I know there's I'm, I I I laughed because people are like, oh, Cody Rhodes gonna go right back down, and that's exactly what will happen. By the way. If and, the and rock it, sticks it around and it should, it's just, yeah. it entertains me. 
it entertains me so great that the guy who stood in front of us at the original all in and talked about no one company owns pro wrestling we own pro wrestling and then he's calling his father and then he says about his father's on the sports entertainment hall of fame or mount rushmore he is such a uh <laughs> politician he's such yeah. a phony son of a bitch that i'm entertained greatly that this finish the story thing would be bucked another year to the point where, and he's colder now too than he was a year ago. Right. And I just find that to be remarkably, remarkably entertaining because now a real big star is coming back. Like Cody, you have <laughs> sure, you know, what you're doing is cute, but you know, now John Cena and the rock are back. So, uh, you know, did you see, you did you see the thing. pop that uh, the rock got? Oh, surprise rock pop too. No, I didn't see it. Yeah. I, I got Dude, text from a, you and muse. The, the clip is on, on Twitter. I have not watched SmackDown, but uh, bro, it, it, it was like being a kid again, watching The Rock come out, and uh, you know, in my when I was a teenager, the guy is just tremendously over. And I watched He's him on Pat McAfee today. It was a great interview. Um, uh, Where, I, I mean, I just watched. I like Pat's show, but I got a controversial take for you right now, man. Yeah, The Rock needs WWE right now. He does. He uh, he's had some misses lately. Although mm -hmm. um, it might have missed at the box office, but I'll fight it. I liked Black Adam. I don't care. I thought that was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. I watched it on Max. Had my popcorn, had my Coke Z, and I shut my brain off, and I enjoyed it. I liked that movie. I don't care what anybody says. I know Black Adam is an ancillary character, and yada, yada. I don't give a fuck. I liked the movie. It was fun. And movies, Black it was stupid. Was stupid. <laughs> um, I love Black Adam character. I was super excited when The Rock was going to play him. In like 2006, six seven. Black Adam was the coolest character in DC Comics. That movie was, uh, it didn't suck, but it wasn't very good and it didn't make yeah. a lot of money. And The Rock, his whole the power shift of the balance of power in the DC universe has changed. Ooh, yes, that, it has. Yeah, just not welcome, you, buddy. <laughs> welcome, James Gunn. Yeah, James Gunn is a hero right now. Um, he, uh, he needs this. He needs, I think, this big run with The Rock is kind of, or with uh, Roman, excuse me, could be a big thing for him. And, you know, yeah, I don't know if I, if you're Vince or, you know, R.A. Emanuel, I guess, and Nick Khan. Do <laughs> you yeah. do you? The goal is to have every UFC fan be a WWE fan, and every WWE oh, what fan a, be a UFC. Fan. You see, you see Dana shit all over him for that. <laughs> Dana shit that all over. So, I mean, that was so great. Dana's right. I mean, I know you know yeah. we both know a ton of MMA fans who will never watch professional wrestling, and right. vice versa. So it's hilarious. But anyways, um. I think that uh, I think that they need this. I really do. I think The Rock could really use some time um, around the people who truly, truly admire him, right? And he need he, this could be big. But now, if you're that, oh, sorry, the question: If you're them, do you wait? Do you wait till April and do WrestleMania? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you do wait till. Um, I think you do do it at WrestleMania. It's the biggest thing. But okay. I think you what you do is you fear that the the writer strike is coming. So, it's not the writer's <laughs> strike. It's the it's the SAG the, strike. The, yeah, the SAG strike. I think eventually that's going to come to a close, and then yes, the movies that he's the movies that he's working on are gonna are gonna come back. So I I, I think that uh, you have to worry about that. But here here's here's Dana White. Here's thoughts on Epstein. Uh, Lawrence said something to ESPN today. He said, "Where we want to get is where every UFC fan is a WWE fan, and every WWE fan is a UFC fan." Do you see similarities in the fan base and how achievable is that goal? <laughs> Lawrence, I love you. One of the dumbest statements of all time. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why he said that. I, that that was great. 
say what you want about Dana, but he calls it like he sees it. And I think he is spot on 100% right here. 100% right. Yeah. But wouldn't um, surprise me if Gable Stevenson made a transition from WWE to UFC, though. But don't be surprised if that happens. I I, honestly, I think that might be better for him. It would be better for real. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, uh, I had the chance to watch Impact 1000 last night. Um, I got to say right away, production, top notch. The crowd, huge. They sold the crowd out at, at the White Plains. I think, uh, what do they call it? The convention center? Iowa will probably correct me in the chat. But um, the, I think they, so they sold out their tickets. So they had like like 600 reserved seats, but the bigger section was general admission. So they probably had like fifteen hundred people there, which is a pretty damn good sized crowd for uh, for an impact show. Um, I, I I really enjoyed the show. Main event was Chris Saban versus Leo Rush. The match we were supposed to get at Slammiversary, they actually were they did an angle at Slammiversary to build to this night, where Chris Saban, who headlined Impact Number One, also main evented Impact Number One Thousand, and then won his tenth X Division title. Um, and they closed the show with all the the X Division, actually all the baby faces, putting them up on the shoulders, and they. They did that whole thing. Um, Westchester County Center. Thank you, Io. Appreciate you. Um, they opened the show with um, Scott DeMore and Gail Kim talking about the history of the knockouts and and how great they were. And they were like a huge part. They were very progressive and forward thinking and all that stuff. Um, and they really like they were ahead of the curve um, in women's wrestling before WWE. Like they were actually putting on actual really good matches in North America before WWE was. Gail Kim was a big part of that. Yep. So she's out. And she gets interrupted by the beautiful people. Beautiful people gets this big pop. They do the whole butt zoom in thing. Almost got heat with the wife. Thank God they avoided the heat there. And uh, they still look great. And they they started that. Yeah. So they started that and they were going on for a little bit. I was like, oh man, this is like beautiful people. You know, still great act. Not great promos here. Okay. They're telling some pretty awful, awful one-liners. And then we started getting um, entrance after entrance after entrance. And after like halfway through this thing, I am willing to, uh, at this point, I I'm, I'm ready to, um, to plead guilty to war crimes at this point. Like I am like, fuck guys, come on. And then, and then finally we get awesome Kong coming out and talk about the rock pop. Awesome Kong. Okay. Not the rock pop level, but, but, the, but an impact I was world. About, I was about yeah. to say. Dude, she got she got a tremendous pop. And I was, was there in the Westchester County center they, she got a tremendous pop. Uh, and then, um, and then she cut a little bit of a promo and then Tasha Steeles came out after that. So we still weren't done. And then finally we get the big Mickey James coming out at the very end. And then they set up a, a 10 woman tag match for next week. So that's going to be the main event of next week. So we got that. We got Feaster fired. Uh, we got four guys getting briefcases. So one of those brothers is getting fired. We got you Amora, um, Chris Bay and Moose and crazy Steve all got briefcases. And, uh, as of right now, I read the spoilers. I don't know who's getting fired there. I'm assuming it's you Amora because there are rumors are going around that he is heading back to new Japan. Um, no, but he, Mike, no, he's not happy with new Japan. He's an impact guy for life. He's no, isn't that what we read? I, I, we did read that, but it turns out he might, he might be going bullshit. back to new Japan. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's, there's a rumor. There's a rumor going around that he's heading back to new Japan. So, well, it's almost like it's almost like they sent him on a learning excursion to a foreign country like New Japan has done for 30 years. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And he just kind of embedded himself into the country and into the culture and just kind of became an impact guy. And yeah. uh, and I don't think he ever lived up to his potential on the excursion. And I think part of that is impact's fault. 
but now um but now he's he's uh he's he's heading back what they've done okay i know good god no i was gonna say what how they're using sorry how they're using kevin knight is kind of how i envisioned they would use you amora kevin knight is this underneath baby faces fighting all their top stars and losing at the very end in these great matches you amora is not exactly doing that he did some of that but he's not exactly doing when is a excursion? When is a guy in excursion ever really been like a learn a true learning excursion ever really been pushed? Yeah. Right, it's never really happened. Yeah, ever. No, you know it, it hasn't. It hasn't. But I, I just in my head, I envision them putting him in like in positions to succeed. Not exactly pushing, giving titles, nothing like that. But anyway, I, I just kind of I expected more out of the excursion. Anyway, I think it's you, Amora. Um, although a friend of mine named Lewis, who's a big Impact fan, uh, DM'd me and said that he thought that maybe Crazy Steve will get fired, and that'll add a layer to his character. Like, hey, he gets fired, and then he has to work his way back, and he's doing this evil kind of um, character right now. He's a he's a villain now. So um, I thought that would be cool. And then uh, we also got the return of Team 3D. Um, huge, huge pop. They were baby faces. It was Brother Ray and Brother Devon. They were the old Team 3D. It was cool to see Devon back in the ring. Um, it was kind of scary because he did have a stroke. And he legit almost died. But to see him work his way back and have his kids and his wife in the audience and stuff like that and uh, and put uh, the Daisy Hit Squad, my man Rohit Raji was back. They put him to a table. So um, it was good, good stuff. Stay tuned to Brace for Impact. I'm going to go segment by segment and do a breakdown of each of those segments. I'm going to talk about all the new surrounding impact, including, including Josh Alexander going to New Japan in Japan. And working with Okada coming up here very soon. I'm going to have all the details for that. So head to patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show. Brace for impact coming out this weekend. All right, guys. Hey, thank you for everybody in the chat. Thank you uh, to IO, Dobby, the brain, Heenan, Scott Edwards, our, our buddy, John Muse. Thank you, everybody in the chat. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe and tell all your friends about us. And then head over to, to the Mike and JD show YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash the Mike and JD show. And then, of course, subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show. Go ahead, JD. Check out Power Bombshells tomorrow, uh, Sunday morning. I'm going to be guesting with Mel and Sam to finally set the terms for our Can't Buy Me Love deal. It's can you do coming. me? Yes. Can you do me a favor? So that's an all woman show, right? And they're finally well, going to. I'm going res- to be there. I know. Like you're going to be there, but they're they're going to give a man some shine. I yes. want you to get a stopwatch and just clock yourself and see how much time you get on their show. Just re- do that. Say, like, hold on. I say as they bring you in. Say, hold on, hold on, Sam. I got my stopwatch ready and hit that stopwatch and then clock yourself. Uh- <laughs> oh my God! That yeah. Write that down. Yes. Yep. Got to do that. Got to do that. Got to hit yes. the bit. Yeah. Got to get yes. it in. <laughs> oh, All right, guys. Jesus. Hey, we got we got to get to overtime. It's late where JD's at. So um, until next week, mahalo. Uh, 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 uh. Competition starting to get thick. It's the click, so I hope you want your A game. A made no way from the track when we unite and spit. This isn't A game. Better bring your A game. Competition starting to get thick. It's the click, so I hope you want your A game. A made no way from the track. Hello, do you like New Japan Pro Wrestling? Are you a Shin Nihon freak? If so, check out the Super J Cast with Joel and Damon on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And even if you fucking hate New Japan Pro Wrestling, listen to the Super J Cast anyway. Not just for our great show reviews, analysis, and pastrami sandwiches, mm-hmm. but there's also usually some dick jokes somewhere in the obligatory opening 30 minutes of absolute nonsense we chat about every single week. That's the Super J Cast for all the best talk about.
about New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and pornography.